welcome back to another brand new episode of Starving Artist. My name is LJ Jones, and today I have a very exciting episode planned. I have a very exciting guest, uh, and you know, I'm just going to get right to it. I'd like to welcome Cliff Hogg from Big Brother 21 to the podcast. How's it going, Cliff? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, LJ. I'm so happy to be out here. Thank you for bringing me on. No, absolutely. You know, um, when, when, you know, knowing that BB22 was happening, I had this idea to, to just try to get, his, uh, get a couple um, Big Brother uh, past contestants on and uh, just talk about their experience with the show and, and, and talk about uh, their predictions for 22. And, uh, and, and you were the first person I messaged you, uh, first person I contacted uh, to do the show. So thank you so much for, for getting back to me and being willing to do it. I sure appreciate uh, you contacting me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you, what, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. If people don't know who you are, what, what would you like them to know? Yeah, uh, well, I, uh, <laughs> man, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a reality guy. I've, I work in the oil field. I've, I've done that for my entire life, uh, living down here in Texas and uh, just the regular old guy that somehow got roped into and drug onto a reality TV program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like I said, man, you were amazing on that reality show. So, let let let's talk about this. Did you ever have any inkling that you would end up on TV in any way? It's like winning the lottery. Uh, <laughs> I say I'm a huge reality TV nerd. I I love watching yeah. reality TV programs all the way back, even before Survivor and Big Brother. Mark Burnett had a show called Echo Challenge, Endurance Racing, and so I always liked the and. <laughs> The real world, I, I grew up watching the real world and in college and all that. So yeah. I've always enjoyed that format. Uh, and as my family and myself watched Survivor and Big Brother, every season I'd watch and I'd in my head try to figure out how I would play the game, uh, figure out while I'm taking a shower and everywhere else, I'm going to do all the logic and manipulating and all. And so, but no, I, I never really thought that I would would do something like this. It was a yeah. uh, just something that was fun to think about it and try to play along with the, the people I was seeing on TV. Uh, but I yeah. had a casting call here in Houston that I just happened to see it posted. I, I showed up just for fun, just to see who was trying out more than anything else. And I figured if I'm gonna sit there for a couple hours watching the people, why not go ahead and try out my, I've never said no to any adventures and so. right. I didn't have anything prepared. I just got in line and figured that I've, I talk a lot. So I figured I just would get in there and talk. And next thing you know, I'm in Los Angeles, walking into a house that I've always just seen on TV and, and I'm actually inside it. So it's quite the surreal experience. I feel like I haven't heard a lot of people talk about their casting experience. So can I ask you, what, what was yours like? Your, that, your, that, that initial audition you had in, in Texas? Yeah, mine's a little different because so many people send in their audition videos and then get callbacks. Uh, but I actually showed up, uh, again, waited in a long line and, and got inside, talked to the, the casting people for I don't know, just five minutes or so as, as part of a little group. And uh, I think it helped that I was, I was wearing my hat. I was dressed up. I was going to a rodeo <laughs> barbecue later the same day. So I already was kind of, uh, kind of dressed the way I, I, I wear and uh, mm -hmm. uh got called and went back and talked to them a little bit more and lots of back and forth uh, by emails and such. And uh, eventually went over to California to visit with a lot of people. And, and then I just waited. Mine was early. I, my casting yeah. call, I showed up on, on February. We went into the house in June. So I spent about four months telling my wife 
uh, saying, yeah, this is really cool and I'm still in the process, but at some point it's going to end. And, and then it will be a cool journey that I did so much. And maybe about two or three weeks before I got snatched from the show itself, I suddenly looked there and said, there's a chance I may actually be on this show. And <laughs> I had to kind of flip around my, my attitude and my mentality to start preparing for the show instead of just enjoying the casting process and trying to set myself up for a prepare for a letdown. Uh, so, so it was so a drawn out process from start yeah. to finish. So your family, they're equally as big fans of Big Brother? Oh yeah, we kind of, yeah. we've, we've spent a lot of time, uh, we've always watched Survivor from the very first mm -hmm. season. Big Brother, I started watching about season eight because with younger kids in the home, there's things on Big Brother you don't necessarily, it's not quite as family friendly at times. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I picked it up a few seasons later, but it got to the point where we would sit around the dinner table and talk about things that were going on with both shows. And so, yeah, my whole family, we're all, we're all in the reality and <laughs> my poor kids, yeah, everyone else in that house is in their twenties or they're the age of my kids mm -hmm. and now they're faced with the, the, idea of their dad coming on that show and <laughs> having to deal with all of their friends watching their dad do all that crazy stuff on side inside the house so so what's what's the likelihood of uh, of any of your kids popping on big brother in the future uh, any interest? yeah, <laughs> yeah I, they're both they're so busy with jobs and yeah. uh, you know, girlfriends and boyfriends and all of that that uh that's probably not their top priority at the time but <laughs> They're both, uh, I, I know they know the games and they're both yeah. so charismatic and everything. So I think they would be fantastic on the show, but I don't know. We'll see. Hey, maybe I can go <laughs> in one of these shows with them and, and we'll do a duo type deal. Yeah. And you know, that would probably go a little better than, than the uh, evil Dick and, and his daughter uh, seasons earlier. <laughs> yeah. Except the dad won. So maybe that's okay. Yeah. Oh too, yeah. But. Listen, that, that, <laughs> but you know, your relationship will be yeah, great. Yeah. yeah I hope so. Uh, so so um, in the past with Big Brother, yeah. older competitors seem to have been targeted. And, sure. and, and as a fan, you know, of course you knew that. So what was your mindset uh, going in? Did you know you were going to be targeted or did you feel like I'm going to connect or, or what, what was your thinking? No, I, I spent a lot of time telling people that, look, I know the older guy is targeted. My worst fear is if, uh, if we get in there and there's some kind of twist that, that causes someone to go home early because before people get to know me, I know I'm the easy target. That's right, the old guy. No one's going to complain or, or get too upset. Yeah. We've, we've seen that in so many seasons. So I went in saying that if I was younger, I could probably blend in with other people, fly under the radar. But being the older guy, that wasn't going to be an option. And that's really the reason that on day one, when they asked for people to volunteer to be camp director, I volunteered, even knowing there were some risks and some drawbacks if I, mm -hmm. if I actually won it. But I told, my, I told myself, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out knowing I did everything possible up until that point in time. Uh, fortunately, yeah. I survived that first day banishment. And I really thought if I had at least a few weeks to interact with all these people and, and let them see me as a person and not just mm -hmm. the old guy, yeah. that, that I, I could develop some relationships and go a lot longer. And that's what it turned out to be. But yes, uh, in summary, as the older guy... I felt like I had to come in playing a lot more aggressively in the very beginning. Uh, and I knew I was going to have to rely more on my social game and, and not, I'm not the comp beast that, that some of those 20 year old guys on that show are. And uh, so I knew it was going to be a little bit different approach from, from some of the other people in the house. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? The, the, the thing that, that I loved is, is that despite their attempts to target you and get you out early, you lasted long, longer than the majority. You, were, you, you got fourth place. You, you, yeah. you, you just about won. And, and so how exciting was that? Just knowing your, your days are going by. You're like, wait, I'm still here. Like what, what was running through your mind as time went on? Well, you know, it's funny yeah, because 99 days, it's a long season. It's a yeah. slog to get from start to finish. And for me, the only way to survive kind of day to day from a mental aspect was just to break it up into little milestones. And, and I know the first day I was in there at the banishment and everything, said my goal is just to make it through through the first week that's all I want yeah. and and I kept trying to you know at one point is I just want to see Zingbot I just want to make jury I just yeah. just want to see Otev and different competitions uh, but really for me it was day 30 when I got evicted and then I fought my way back in the house and then I won HOH that's the point where I actually told myself said okay I have now had an impact in the game if I go home at this, if I go home tomorrow, I still know that that my name will kind of be people will remember who I was. I did something significant in the game. I'm not just going to be the person that five years from now people are going to say, eh, I don't really remember exactly who that guy was. So that was kind of my milestone moment where I said, okay, from this point on, I'm still going to give it my all. I'm never not going to give it 100%, but I'm going to be more comfortable if something happens that doesn't quite work out, that at least I've achieved more than. I even expected when I went into the game myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 like I said, man, I think you had you had an incredible run. I think your 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 gift is connecting with people. And um and 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 I'm curious about that. Who um who were the people that you felt the closest to? In that well, yeah, obviously uh, Nicole Anthony was mm -hmm. my ride or die, and I, I realized you have to have someone that you can fully trust and depend on yeah. in a house because otherwise it's just too difficult. And so Nicole is always going to be my, my number one uh, for, for that. But beyond that, you know who I connected with really were the other people who, who I knew were fans of the game and had a passion for the game. Uh, yeah. Tommy and Christy, even though we, we butted heads, we were kind of mm -hmm. on opposite sides from start to finish. Yeah. I, I still had so much respect and, and love for those guys because I knew they were passionate about the game mm -hmm. itself. And so – I tried throughout to try to work with them as much as possible and, and see that even if we were on different sides, that, that we maybe could still help each other right. a little further along. And, and to some degree, we did that. Uh, but yeah, it's funny because I knew going in and I've worked all over the world. I, mm -hmm. My job in the oil field, I've, I've been everywhere. I've been forced to deal with so many different people and cultures and nationalities and everything else that I really felt like going in Big Brother was kind of a microcosm of everything I've done in my career of working with 15 other very diverse, different people and trying to find some commonalities with all of them and develop some relationships. So it, yeah. I treated it as a bit of a mental exercise of saying, how can this 54-year-old guy somehow develop a, a connection with, with a 20-something-year-old from New York or, or the West Coast and, and so many diverse yeah. people? So it was quite the challenge, but it, but it was a lot of fun. Was there anybody that, that you, that you felt like you just couldn't get that connection with despite trying? No, it was, uh, it was harder in the beginning because, uh, mm -hmm. there, there's some people that went home before we really had time to, uh, to develop, uh, some relationships. Right. You know, the, the first few weeks, uh, the strategies changed throughout uh, the, the first few weeks, I, at least for myself, it was all about 
as long as it's not me, as long I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that the target stays on someone else whose name yeah. isn't Cliff Hogg. Yeah. And so as a result, there were people that, e even if I, I maybe liked them or wanted to work with them, uh, there were people that I had to kind of distance myself a little bit yeah. and allow them to take the heat and, and get thrown under the bus. And so there's some people like that, that, uh, and, you know, David's a perfect example. I'm so mm -hmm. happy to see him on this latest version yeah. of Big Brother because he's such a great guy. But unfortunately, him getting banished on day one, uh, and him going up against Ovi, who was one of my, my tight alliances in the beginning. So yeah, mm -hmm. there, there's these relationships that sometimes you want to develop more with some people that you can't just because yeah. it's all about protecting yourself in the first stage mm -hmm. of that game. Yeah. Now, um, two things I was wondering, because like, I'm trying to remember right now, since you met, mentioned uh, Zingbot, what was his zing for you? I can't remember what it was. Do you know? I think yeah, he taught, he said something about uh, the person in the house with the voluptuous frame and the voluptuous body. And we all <laughs> thought maybe they'd be talking about Jessica and all that since she's plus size and promoting you know, body positivity and all. But yeah. they came back to old Cliff Hogg and whatever. <laughs> yeah, if that's all that you can zing me on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I figured there, there were a few other things in the game, like me talking too loud and being overheard. There are a lot of things Zingbot could have come after me, but yeah. Uh, hey, I am what I am. I've, I've gotten a dad bod. I'm happy to, uh, uh, I'm happy with it. And I, I have no shame in it. So bring it on. <laughs> Zingbot every season. I look for like some of those, some of those zings can get like, like, I feel like if I was that person, like, Ooh, that would hurt. That, that one would, that one would hurt. Um, I'm thinking about the moment when Christy overheard uh, you, you spill your game plan to the feeds. Um, at any point, did you realize that somebody might have heard you, or did you not realize that until you were out? I, I realized it uh, maybe a week later, and my timing may be a little off, but eventually Nicole came to me and said, Cliff, just so you know, Christy overheard you talking. She's heard <laughs> that you've identified the couples, she knows that we've got this alliance, the Fellowship of the Zing with you and me and Ovi, and, and my jaw just dropped. I uh, Yeah. Part of it was thinking that I'd sabotaged my own game, but also that I maybe was going to be dragging Nicole along with me uh, because of because of my loud mouth and uh, yeah, that that was tough. Uh, but fortunately, there's a couple of things. One, it was, I was fortunate that Christy also has a loud mouth. She she couldn't keep her mouth closed, or else she could have used it as leverage over me and probably gotten yeah. a lot more uh, a lot more uh, coverage with her, a lot more leverage, but. Instead, she yeah. told everyone, and once she did that, cat's out of the bag, and mm. I was lucky that she did it early enough that I didn't have any hor horribly detailed strategies or anything else. I just was one of the first people to identify that big alliance. Yeah, yeah. And it, it actually worked to my advantage because then Mickey came along for the next two mornings and listened and didn't tell a soul, and while he was listening, he actually heard me talking to the camera saying, I really want to work with Mickey and Holly. I think those are the people that, that I trust most that I can yeah. work with. And, and I think it helped me on down the road with him feeling more comfortable with me. And, and obviously uh, we worked in a, a little bit of alliance and, and I think that helped carry me a little bit further into the game. So with, with you talking to the feeds and, and, and you know, talking to, to your family, um, did, so going into the house, did you say, hey, make sure you're watching the feeds at these times, because I'm going to try to be talking, like, was that, was that something you had in your mind? 
not to that degree because I already no. knew we've watched live feeds in our house forever. And I already yeah. knew that my wife was going to be watching the live feeds 24 seven. So, <laughs> so I knew anytime I was talking to the cameras that, that she was going to be watching, mm -hmm. uh, but it was intentional to talk to it. I, I'm a huge fan of the game. I, I love the live feeds. And there were so many times when I watched past seasons and said, well, if I just knew what was going through your head right now, I'd love to hear what your, your strategies are. So I went in saying, I'm going to intentionally try to talk to the cameras and all those live feeds or feeders and just give them insights into what's going on internally with me at the time. And I realized within the first few days that I just get up earlier than everyone else. Everyone else would sleep as long as they could. I like to get up, get a cup of coffee, get my, it's kind of calming to be in that house before it just becomes hectic with everyone running around. Yeah. So I, I did that and I started talking to cameras and I realized that when I was the only person that was awake, I was pretty certain the cameras were going to be focused on me as a result. So that way I knew that if I did my little notes in the morning, uh, that, that the cameras would be on me and then that means my wife and my kids would be watching. And so yeah. it, 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 it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I honestly, so I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the feeds. I, I didn't have access to the feeds. This season is my first time having access to the feeds and I'm really enjoying it, but you know, they still showed you talking to the feeds and, yeah. and talking to your family and I, I'm a father and, uh, and, and like that, I think that's what made me love you so much was knowing that you were talking to your wife and talking to your kids. And I just, you know, obviously realized the importance of that. And uh, I think that made me feel some type of a, of a kinship with you. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah no, I, it, it was tough because I, as I said, I've traveled all over the world, but no matter where I've been, I've always tried to talk to my wife uh, at, at least once a day if possible, or as close to that as I could. So this was the longest that we've been apart from each other without any community. Well, I was communicating with her. She yeah. just couldn't <laughs> communicate back with me. Uh, but as a result, that was just my, my way to mentally keep myself in focus just by every morning. Well, throughout the day, just, yeah. just talking to my wife and, and I knew she was listening and, and it was the way to keep that connection going, even during the most stressful parts of the, that house experience. I, and I always, I always wonder this, like, so in, in a show like Big Brother, you don't have access to cell phones, you don't have access, you, you didn't talk to your family while you were gone, like, you know, on the phone or anything like that. How boring does the house get when you're not competing? I just imagine that it's got to be insanely just kind of dull at times. That is a part that I didn't necessarily count on because you watch the episodes on, on TV and mm -hmm. they're always showing all the most intense moments. In yeah. real life, there is so much downtime in that house. And, and yes, we have no communication, no, really nothing to keep you occupied other than just talking to the other people. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that because they're so busy in the backyard building HOH competitions and the veto competitions, we really only got the outside for about two days a week where we could go out oh, and wow. sit by the pool and everything else. The rest of the time, we're locked inside with that stale air and Mm -hmm. not knowing if it's raining, if it's sunny outside, knowing nothing about the outside mm -hmm. world. And, uh, and that downtime, it's difficult from a mental standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, because when you have nothing to do, it forces you to focus on every room that you see people talking in there and discussing things. They may be talking about their favorite ice cream flavors, but the mm -hmm. paranoia kicks in and you immediately think, are they talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to go in there just in case they, they may be talking about me? 
And so because there's so much boredom, your mind just starts developing every bit of paranoia and, and conspiracy theories and everything that, that, that leads to so much drama and, yeah. and reactions and everything else that we see in that house. I worked in, uh, I used to work in healthcare and for a while I worked in a psychiatric unit and, uh, and, and, and that is what I, that's why I was wondering is like, I imagine you guys had to have gone stir crazy because it couldn't oh. have constantly been fun. And just knowing how, how stir crazy some of these patients that I was working with would get like, and, and they were allowed to go outside two hours a day and you guys only two hours a week. So maybe it was worse for you guys. <laughs> and, and I don't know what was worse early in the game when there were 15, 16 of us in that house. Yeah. You can't go anywhere to get any kind of privacy. There's people, there are people everywhere and you worry about all of them. Or is it later in the game where there were only four or five of us and you have complete ha sections of that house to yourself. Uh, but by then, you know, by the time you've been in that house 80 days, you've heard every story from every person in that house. And there's only yeah. so many new ways that those stories can be told. <laughs> and the tiniest little things start irritating you and, and just getting in your craw that it's like, oh, just stop talking for a little while because yeah. I've heard it already. And, and you know, of course, of course, as the game goes on, tensions are obviously going to rise because you guys get to know each other better. Uh, it's a competition, so a lot of you may feel like each other are coming, you know, you're coming for each other. Yeah. I'm very curious. One of the one of the moments from the season that broke my heart the most was Mickey and Tommy's uh, argument in the kitchen. And, 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 you know, you weren't involved with it, but you were there. So what was running through your mind as Tommy was crying and trying to convince you guys that, you know, what, what, what was running through your mind there? What did you, who did you believe to? Uh, you know, that, that was such a stressful week because by the time you get to that point, you see that half million dollar prize just real yeah. close to you. And you start realizing that every decision that you make, it, it could be a half million dollar decision. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Nicole and I spent so much time leading, you know, the, the few days before that, just going back and forth about what helps, what helps our game uh, the most, sending out Holly, sending out Tommy. And then the night before, we start hearing different stories about you know, what was said or, or what wasn't said. So, yeah, I think Nicole and I both were sitting in there very carefully trying to watch and, and look at body language and figure out maybe who was telling the truth, who wasn't. But I also know there was, and so there was a strategy part of that whole argument, but right. there, was also, there was also a part of me that was feeling badly about the whole thing because I felt like a lot of that argument was starting to turn away from game and become personal attacks right. and, and some personal back and forth. And, and I spent my entire game or my entire life inside the Big Brother house telling everyone I want to keep the game over here and the personality and the emotions over here yeah. that I'm not, I'm not holding anything in, that you do in here against you when we get to the outside world and I hope y'all don't do the same thing I really try to keep the two distinct uh, just like playing any board game or anything else with your family you don't yeah. carry yeah. grudges right. but right. during that moment in time it was a lot more than that and and so mm -hmm. watching that was tough as far as who who we believed, gosh, I, you know, it, it really went back and forth. We, uh, I think when the argument was first over, we tended to believe uh, a Tommy, uh, mm. but then, then later we started wavering and thinking, well, maybe, maybe Mickey is the, uh, the one telling the truth. 
Yeah. And I gotta say, there's a part of me that was saying, I don't really care who is or isn't telling the truth as much as which direction is still going to benefit our game more than the other direction. Uh, one thing is that because of that argument, Tommy had previously promised that he would throw the HOH competition mm -hmm. uh, if we kept him. But after that argument happened, uh, I pretty much I said, there's no way Tommy's going to throw it. There's too much emotion involved at this point in time. He's going to give it 100%, and I don't blame him. But we can't count on him throwing an HOH as part yeah. of our, our motions going forward. Yeah. So Mickey had made you a promise shortly thereafter. And, and Mickey sadly ended up betraying you. Did, did, did any part of you have any doubt in him? Did you see that coming? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, it's big brother. And I'm not, I didn't hold it against him then. I, I don't hold it against him now. That's part of the game, lying and betrayals. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, and I would have uh, potentially done the same thing to him. I, that's just the way it goes. Uh, so, yeah, I, and my thinking really was that if he and Holly are both telling the truth that they're going to throw the comp, send Holly home and all that, well, then fantastic. Eh? That's, that's perfect. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. But if not, he still can't compete in the competition, uh, the HOH competition. It's still going to be Nicole and myself against either Holly or Tommy uh, to mm -hmm. advance, uh, to win that HOH. And I truly thought that, Tommy was a greater threat than Holly was because we were anticipating a lot more mental competitions at, at the end of the season based on mm -hmm. what we've seen in past seasons. And so, yeah, no, it was, there, there was a big part of me saying, I hope he's telling the truth. I really hope he is. But even if he's not, I still feel more comfortable competing against Holly than I do against Tommy going forward. Yeah. Uh, and it came down as well. If it came down to a jury vote, uh, I would much rather be going up against Holly, uh, have Holly, Nicole, and myself, as opposed to Tommy, Nicole, and myself, uh, because I, I knew Tommy had so many friends on that jury, even more so that we had just found out the night before that, that Tommy and Christy knew yeah. each other very closely, and so, yeah, it was, but it was tough. There, there was yeah. no easy solution either way, and the one thing that happened is Nicole and I said, no matter what we do, we're, we're voting together. We're, we're not going to throw each other under the bus or betray each other. We're going to make a decision that we're both okay with, and then we'll proceed together as a team. And we did end up doing that, which, which made me feel nice. Yeah, absolutely. So looking back at your time, your time in the Big Brother house, two things. What would you have done differently? And two, actually three things. What would you have done differently? Um, what how did the big brother house change you as a person? Um, and um, I forgot what my third thing was. So I apologize. We'll, we'll catch the catcher. <laughs> what would I have done differently? Um, one thing is I now realize better that, that it's a long process. It's three, yeah. three plus months in there. And so uh, you have to, you have to be more patient. I, and, I realize now you don't owe anyone answers or information. Yeah. It, it's, it's perfectly okay to say, you know what? I, I'm just not comfortable talking about that right now and, mm -hmm. and, and doing things like that. Um, so that, that's a big part of it. Um, yeah. And there's a part of me that my character is in the real world. I'm very, uh, I've got a lot of empathy for, for other people and I want to try to be as nice and friendly as mm -hmm. I can. And, and that probably hurt me a few times where 
you know, I went out of my way to, to give people some heads up. You know, Holly, you, know, you may want to make sure that you're really prepared to talk to Julie and things like that because you know, it, it may not go your way. I, trying to help other people as much as I could, which sometimes maybe can backfire a little bit. Sometimes yeah. you just have to be absolutely brutal in that house. And, yeah. and, and that was difficult to, to grab yeah. that part of my personality and try to put that at the forefront because that's not what I do in the real world. Right. Uh, how has, has Big Brother changed me? I think the biggest part is just a matter of, uh, of, of recognizing my priorities and my values in life as I said before, I've been away from my family because of my career and all of that, but being so removed from a communication standpoint, uh, it, it just made me realize, because I spent a lot of time in that house saying, you know what, even if I get sent home tomorrow, I've got, I've already won the big prize. I've, I'm coming home to a wife and kids who, who love me and I would do anything for. So yeah. regardless of what happens in Big Brother, I've won it life. Yeah. And, and being away for that long just re, reconfirmed for me what really means the most to me and, and what I value in my life. And, and so that it was a nice uh, being away for three and a half months and then coming back, it was just that overwhelming rush of joy knowing that, that I'm back to what's really important. Now, was there any uh, adjustment period coming in? Did you come back into your house thinking my wife and kids are after me? Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is amazing. I I've said many a time and I hate to make the comparison Mm -hmm. to the guys who are actually sacrificing lives, you know, fighting for oh, of course. Yeah. You know, all of that. But I feel like I got the smallest, tiniest taste of what some of these guys go through where mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen, where you're removed from, from what you're used to. You're feeling at risk. You're feeling stressed all the time. Uh, and so there was definitely some PTSD. And it just makes me respect the guys who, who do that voluntarily. Yeah. And, put so much more in the line. I was just playing a game. There's guys out there that are making much more sacrifices and, and so mad props to them. But yeah, there was definitely that emotional readjustment of coming back of just the whole idea that mics and cameras on you, that you can't say anything, that you have to be suspicious about everything that's being said about you. Right. And, uh, and there was a period of time where there were, we all have these nightmares, the stress dreams where you, dream that you suddenly are in your last day of school and you've got a test yeah. that you forgot about or or you show up naked and all that. Suddenly my stress dreams all revolved around being on a block and having to make decisions and not knowing yeah. people saying things. So there was definitely some permanent uh, impact that probably took a couple of months for me to really kind of adjust back to uh, to the way it was before. So I think we all go through through all of that I think in some ways I had it better because I had some, some stability, some rocks back home to help me out. Yeah. Yeah. Some people yeah. that don't necessarily have that. Uh, and then they come back to the real world. It, I think there's some, some real adjustment that mm -hmm. takes a lot longer for a lot of people. Absolutely. So what do you think? You ready to talk about all stars? Oh, bring it on. I've been watching. <laughs> I, you probably see the dark rings under my eyes because I've been watching so much. <laughs> So all stars. First off, did you get the call? No, I didn't. And uh, and <laughs> it, yeah, it would have been fun. I, as I said before, yeah. I'll never say no to adventure, and it would have been great. But Nicole is in the house, and, and David are in, is in the house, both from my season. I'm so excited for them. And and again, I've been a live feed fan forever, and and a fan of the show. So 
I had my little stint inside the house and now I'm back <laughs> to being a fan and I'm enjoying every bit of it. And seeing your friends and, and, and you know, not just, not just the two of them, but I'm sure you've met or at least talked to some of the others um, yeah. since your time. So who else do you know that's in the, in the house? Well, it's funny because I, I met some people at finale night and I've talked to people online and things like that, but because of COVID, yeah, there's different charity events, things like that. Hearts of Reality yeah. is a fantastic charity based over in Orlando that, that I've been working with. But I haven't actually been able to travel to these events and meet up yeah. with people. Uh, but uh, Bailey and uh, Tyler, uh, Nicole, David, I'm sure there's – oh, uh, Ian Terry. I actually – Ian's from Houston, so I met oh, Ian. Wow. Great guy. I talked to Ian quite yeah. a bit. Uh, so, yeah, I've certainly met people uh, and – and I've got a whole new perspective, even remembering from watching past games. Now that I've been in the house, I have so much more understanding of what they were doing, their strategies, their stresses, things like that. So, so, it, so watching watching the live feeds, who has the best uh, game happening right now? Because from what I'm, I can tell, they're all working. Yeah, I'm say, I'm going to say Nicole's really working. It didn't take long for that game to ramp up from from zero <laughs> no. to sixty, did it? Uh, they're all working and they're all playing their different games. Uh, Davon uh, isn't necessarily, of course, that looks like it's changing as we speak, you know, within the last few hours, but Davon's kind of been laying low, but observing a whole lot of everything. And so I think she's, she's taking it all in. She's going to do what she needs to do. Same thing with Kevin, but in terms of just playing some, some pretty amazing games, Tyler and Cody, uh, they're they're already working some angles and all of that. Tyler's made final two promises with so many people, which may or may not burn them in the end. But he did that uh, before. He did, and uh, <laughs> and he said he wasn't going to do it this season, but but here he is doing it once again. But but I think they're playing real well. I got to say, from the other side though, uh, Janelle and Kayser are just uh, the old school guys that. Hazers yeah. recognize what's going on. I think they've become very aware of the sides and who they need to bring in and, and how they need to make this work. I am happy for Nicole that she's kind of looks like she's aligning and bonding with some of the old school people, which I think mm -hmm. helps. Uh, and, and I feel like they've got some connections. But hopefully because Nicole was just on last season, there's still some sympathies that the new school people have for Nicole so she wouldn't be a primary target. Uh, so she's somewhere there in the middle. I think she's going to be able to play both ends a little bit and hopefully survive the initial shots fired back and forth at these two different groups. So there, there's a lot David's of people playing. There's a lot of people playing hard in that game, and they're all playing yeah. in their own different manners and, and strategies. But they're playing the yeah. game. How, how do you think David's going to do? How's his I, I game think, looking? Yeah, I think David's going to play pretty well. He, he is such a smart guy. And mm -hmm. I, when he came in, he understood so much of that house last season. So I mm -hmm. knew coming into this season that, uh, that he was going to be probably playing a pretty good social game. And it sounds like he truly, you know, everyone's talking about how much they like him and all of that. So he's doing what he needs to do. He also has the added bonus of no one really understands his game because he played so little compared to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to help him. It looks like he's aligning with some of the other kind of the muscle guys, the, the stronger guys and all of that. Uh, so I think between that and the uh, this the social game that I know he's going to play, I, I think he'll be pretty – I think he's going to go far in this game. 
So if you were in the house, who would be your five? If you were six, who would be your five that you would try to align with? Yeah, that's, who would that's you hard. Want your team to be? <laughs> that's hard because I'm trying to think, would I play the same way I played last season or would right. I would I adjust it a little bit? Because last season, my strategy was find the strong team, mm-hmm. align with them, promote myself as a loyal soldier, and let them take the initial heat, which would suggest going in with Cody and Tyler and some of those guys. But what I discovered last season was, was I really have a little more empathy and sympathy for for the people that are maybe a little bit more the underdogs that aren't necessarily the, the alpha comp beast type people. And, and it's wrong. I'm not going to say Janelle is ever, she's a comp beast and, and there's no one's ever called her the underdog at all, but right. I feel like people over there, there's not as many expectations because they've been out of the game for so long. They've a little bit older and everything. I think that's what it comes down to at the end is I would feel closer personality-wise and everything else with the people who are a little bit older, who have the kids, the the wives, things like that. And so I have a feeling I would tend to naturally gravitate more towards the old school occasions yeah. and smells in the house. So I, I probably would be working a little tighter with them right now. Yeah, awesome. This, like, I, like I said, I've never had the feeds before. So it's been very, and of course the feeds went down for so long yesterday. Um, I was so, like I said, I never had them before. And so when I saw cute little kittens on my screen, I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I, I didn't know, I had no idea what was happening. But um, I really, I really, there was a conversation being had between um, David and, and, and Nicole. And yeah. I just love seeing them together. Cause you know, like you said, David was out so early that you never really got, got to see them connect and seeing them yeah. connect, I think was a real sweet moment. I agree. I'm so happy to see them still. I, I knew that they would be supporting each other and uh, and such, but getting them, getting to see them interact together and all, and and I think it works to their advantage that David looks like he's aligning a little bit more with one side of this house and, and Nicole with the other side, and I hope that means they can keep each other uh, protected a little bit as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, Nicole, uh, I, I I know she wants a, a friend or two in the house, and, and I know uh, uh, David will, will be one of them. And it, it just it just warms my heart because it's so stress. My family told me how stressful it is watching me in the house last year, and now I'm getting to see the same thing because I see David, I see Nicole, and there's times where I just want to yell at the screen and say, "Oh, don't believe them!" Or you know, "Hey, look around yeah. the corner." <laughs> and so it's going to be a long three and a half months. But it was nice to see the two of them talking and, and not having the stress. And just a, a, a moment where they can just calm down and, and feel like they're comfortable amongst friends. What, what, what's your, what, what are your predictions? What, who's gonna, who would you say is going to be the first out and maybe the top two? Uh, first out, it, I kind of was thinking before they ever went in that this was going to turn into a new school versus old school battle uh i know that it looked like and then other people said oh it could be the men versus the women but i really felt like new school versus old school and it looks like that's what kind of is forming out yeah uh, and so then you said you start thinking well is it going to be the biggest targets on one side going against the biggest targets on the other or mm-hmm. are they going to reach some kind of truce and, and start just picking off the people that aren't closely packed in with either side and right now, it looks like the big targets want to go after the big targets, uh, mm-hmm. which is 
it's good for Nicole A. It's good for uh, for David both. So I hope they stay like that. I hope we don't ever get to a point where Cody and Tyler talk to Janelle and Kayser and say, let's leave each other alone and pick off these other people that we aren't a certain yeah. about. Because then that starts jeopardizing the games of some people that, that I'm really cheering on. But, I, but that's the way I see, at, at least short term, is them going off after big targets. And then that leads yourself to thinking, well, who's somewhere right there a little bit more in the middle that may be able to survive these early rounds and then turn around and, and have the social game to, to put new things together? And, and I don't know about that. I, th I think Nicole gets into a good position with that. Uh, uh, Davon uh, could, could probably uh, work some magic once some of these other folks are gone as well. Um, it's so early. It's, that, but yeah. see, that's a beauty, and that's what you don't realize if you haven't watched live feeds in the past, is normally you don't get live feeds until about a week into the season. And by then, so many alliances and relationships have been formed, and everything is kind of settled out, and, and you start getting a good feel for who's on this side and who's on this side. It's still so fluid right now because we're yeah. what, 48 hours into the game or so. And so you still see so many people reaching out to so many different directions. I think Nicole may be the one that said something about a Venn diagram that you've got all these circles of alliances, but they're overlapping each other. And there's people just associating with so many folks right now that it's, it's tough to make the call, but we'll see over the next few days, everything is kind of solidified. Mm -hmm. Once the nominations occur, which should be probably right around now, I would expect if they hadn't already happened, but, uh, once nominations happen and people kind of see who was called out, I think at that point we're going to start really seeing the battle lines being drawn. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll be a lot more clear. You know, it, it, like I said, man, it's just, it's so interesting to watch. And, and I, this was the, I had, I had sent in an audition tape for, um, for this season. Now, it's all stars, so I can just say I didn't get it because it's all stars. But um, <laughs> so I'm watching and I'm taking notes because, like I said, you know, I, I've seen the show before. Now I'm taking notes and I'm trying to see what game every everybody's playing. And yeah. um, and it's interesting, interesting because I had always thought like there are some individuals who, in the past, didn't seem like they had a game, and they're just like, uh, uh, what season was it? Um, I think it was 18 with uh with with kevin um yeah. and i feel i felt like i'm saying season 19, 19. I, yeah. I felt like kevin had no game i felt like he he, he was just hanging out he's like this yeah, is fun yeah. i'm having a good time uh, <laughs> but it, you know it's, of course with all these past competitors they're they're all going for it they all know what they're doing and um and and, and tyler's the one that's, that's making me a little nervous because he's making the same potentially mistake yeah. that that he made in the past um so i'm rooting for i'm, I'm going to tell you who i'm rooting for nicole and david because i really did love last season christmas and bailey are my yeah. like i i think i think uh you know, we, and that's another th that's that's going to work for to Christmas's benefit too. Is that yeah. you didn't really get to see her compete last season because she right. broke her foot right out the gate. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like people know her social game, but they don't know her comp game. Yeah, talking about another redemption story. David gets a chance to go back in the house. Mm -hmm. Christmas. She was talking about she never got to play in a veto because of that broken mm -hmm. foot. So she gets to come back in and show if she's a true comp beast that we all expect her to be. 
This season's a lot different, and I, I think Cody mentioned the fact that he's already played before, so he doesn't. He's just coming in, going full speed. He's not too worried about it. this. Is all star, so he's gonna he's gonna go you know, everything all all out, go full speed. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people, including my season, including most of us, that first time you play that game, you come in playing out of a certain level of fear. Uh, I just don't come after me. And so uh, there's a different mentality for everyone who's already been in a house that it's a little bit more, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it because I've already established myself as an all-star. And so I think that makes the play more aggressive, uh, a lot more risk being taken. And I think it's going to make it a lot more exciting for us as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm excited to see what happens, and 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 I think this this season is uh, is truly going to be incredible. And and it's honestly a lot of the a lot of the because I think the first season I had ever watched was 15, and I, okay. I haven't seen I haven't seen any before. Um, and it was I'm a big challenge fan too. Oh yeah. And and, and so and it's the same thing with the challenge. I, I'm working my way backwards. Um, cause I really discovered big brother with 21. I'd always heard of it. I watched it when I was a kid, uh, with my grandmother, uh, who is actually, um, in the other room right now. Um, and, uh, she, she, uh, you know, I watched it with her, but I don't re remember much. So now I'm working my way backwards. So I'm curious, what was your favorite season outside of your own? The first season I watched and the one that really got me hooked on this whole, uh, this whole format was season mm -hmm. eight. And that was a season with Evil Dick in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just love that season. It was, it was amazing. Uh, there have been other seasons. Uh, uh, season, season 16 had Derek and, and all, but it also had Donnie. And I, I love Donnie. Donnie, along with Kevin from season 19, even though Kevin, as you said, played a little, little different game than I did. Yeah. Those were the older guys in those seasons that did pretty well that kind of made oh, yeah. me think, made me think, well, I could probably do this as well. I could figure out a path through through all these youngins and all of that. So <laughs> I, I've liked the seasons where, where there's people. I think that's the key. It, it, the seasons where you find someone that you really feel like you can relate to and, and cheer mm -hmm. on just that much more makes that season just that much more memorable. Uh, so, you know, there's some seasons that, that I don't think of as much uh, of a season. Uh, and I think more about maybe individuals that were in the game that, Right. Uh, season season eight, season ten, uh, season twenty, uh, the one right before mine. There, there have yeah. been some seasons well, I yeah. really enjoyed as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm. I, it's, it's very. It's weird to go backwards. Um. Uh. But it is is very interesting. Like, cause you, cause of course you guys talk about past members and um, and that and and so now I'm going back and I'm, I'm meeting those or meeting. I'm seeing those individuals on the yeah. screen. And uh, that, that's been cool. So before we head out, uh, do you mind if I ask you a couple rapid fire questions? Go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. All right. So from your time on the show, what was your favorite comp? Uh, yeah, the battle back that I got back in the house. How can I not say that? I felt rolling the balls. <laughs> there was some... All those years of playing pinball machines as a kid and all, <laughs> they all paid off. So yeah, yeah. yeah from, from, from a personal satisfaction point, that was, that was my favorite. Like I say, doing something like playing Otev or, mm. or Hang On Fright, which was the wall competition. Mm. I didn't win either one of those, but just getting to place at iconic competitions mm. that you see year after year, it just mm. made me happy to walk out in that backyard and see it and know that the old boss hogs getting ready to play in Otev. That was, 
that was a cool feeling. But yeah, it's got to be got to be the battle back that I won. Nice. And who who was your favorite house guest of all time? Oh, uh, you know what, Vanessa Russo from season was she seventeen? God, I'm gonna be. Uh, I hope that's right, but. <laughs> Vanessa was very strategic, and, and I, I, I tend to gravitate towards the strategic players as opposed to those who play with a little bit more emotion. And Vanessa, I thought she played a pretty good strategy game. Yeah, not perfect. None of us are perfect. I, I right. said going in, yeah. an imperfect guy playing an imperfect game, but giving it 100%. But I really like right. Vanessa and her game. Least favorite house guest. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, putting me, uh, you're putting me on the crosshairs <laughs> on that one. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> now, I, I'll just say it like this. I, the ones who take the game very personally, and, and, and yeah. it's not necessarily one specific person, but mm. over the years, uh, most seasons, you have one or two people that just seem to, to completely ignore the fact that it's just a game mm. and, and, and make it very emotional, very personal. The same kind of person, if they get upset playing Monopoly, they flip the board over and they run yeah. off before the game's over. There have been a few over the years I've seen that treat the game like that, and that's not something I really admire or have a, yeah. a lot of admiration for. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Favorite moment from your season? Uh, it's uh, yeah. Again, it's got to be my battle bag, yeah. and, and knowing <laughs> that I'd made a mark in a house. But uh, th there's a couple of others. Uh, when Jessica won her HOH and. Mm -hmm. uh, and herself, Nicole, Cat, uh, and myself were in the storage room. We kind of formed Cliff's Angels. And just the idea that I was in that storage room of the Big Brother house, dancing and celebrating with other people mm -hmm. in my group, uh, it was just a such a fantastic feeling. Uh, right. And then the final one there, when, when Nicole won the BB Comics and we knew we were bo both going to be safe going forward, we gave each other a hug, we pointed at the cameras and, and said zing, and we just – just felt so so happy for each other so that that was an amazing event yeah, yeah. so you know before we sign out let me you you said you're a reality fan you you like a lot of reality shows are you a challenge fan oh i love it yeah my kids got me into the challenge just got through yeah. watching the latest season so uh, yeah a lot of fun yeah challenge is amazing so let me ask from your season who 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 would you like to see on the challenge uh, I was pushing for Mickey in there, and part of it was because I knew that Holly hated when I talked about it to Mickey, so I just kept bringing it up because I'm trying to drive a wedge in those people. But I, I could certainly <laughs> see, I could certainly see someone like Mickey uh, doing the challenge. Yeah, uh, there, there's people like uh, Bella uh, or mm. uh, who else? Uh, Jack uh, could certainly Jack, do it. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see know, Sis that, do it. I think Sis would be great too. She, she's a lot of people gave her some grief for the game and everything, but Sis was quite the competitor. Yeah. yeah, she plays. Uh, she plays college soccer or played, and so she mm -hmm. was. She was an amazing athlete. I think she would do well also. The challenge is so athletic. Yeah. There's not quite as much of the mental. There's mental, but it's still so yeah. challenging physically. So I think you gotta go for those people that are the physical beast, not my season. I'd love to see you do it too. I think you'd I, be phenomenal. <laughs> I, I'd never say no. I might yeah. fall. You know, who knows? It, it may be quite the challenge, but you would see you'd see me giving a hundred percent. I I I would embrace whatever was brought to me, regardless of, of what show it was. But yeah, that would yeah. be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I don't know what my kid. I don't know what my kids would think if they watch me on the challenge. They may really <laughs> just fall on the floor laughing. But yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had the, the opportunity. Uh, I had Rogan, uh, Rogan O'Connor on oh, yeah. my podcast before and him and I have formed uh, a little bit of a friendship 
and uh, I'm actually I'm an actor. I'm a filmmaker, and uh, and and I, my next film, Rogan just signed on to play this to, to play the lead, and oh. uh, and Rogan. Rogan is a, an amazing competitor from that oh, yeah. from from the challenge, and uh, and I was so happy to see him win last season, and 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 I love I just love the Big Brother uh, contestants are are making their way in there, and they have been since Paulie and Natalie. Yeah. Um, but this season, seeing Fessy compete and Casey, it was great. And they did well. I mean, they lasted mm-hmm. a long time. Casey and Fessy and Bailey, all three. If yeah. if the challenge approached me, I would embrace it with open arms. But at the same time, I also think Survivor and Amazing Race would be a lot of fun to do. And, and, and maybe something that that people wouldn't scratch their their, their jaws or scratch their heads quite as much when I showed up <laughs> on the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Cliff, this has been phenomenal. And and I just want to ask you one final question that I is the last thing I always I, I ask every guest. Um, for anybody out there, uh, regardless of what their, their passion in life may be, what advice would you offer them? Um, to, to just, you know, motivate them to, to pursue their passions. Yeah, here's the deal. I, take risks. Don't always worry about the, the safe road. You never know where path, what paths life's going to lead you down. I sure didn't expect to, to be going on this show. Uh, but you also have to keep in mind, it's not black or white success or failure based on whether you get on a show like Big Brother or mm-hmm. whether you're starting your own business, going after different, you know, ventures, things like that. A lot of times it's just about the journey. Uh, for myself, even if I hadn't actually made it on the show, just the whole casting process and getting to to do something so out of my element, th- that was part of the fun and the adventure itself. And and, yeah. and I think that carried through in the way I talked to people, that, that it wasn't all or nothing. That And I think that's the case with a lot of things in life. Uh, don't always define your success or failure by the, by the end result, but you know, look at what you've done in the process to get there. I think that means a lot as well. Absolutely. Well, Cliff, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've loved it, and I hope you enjoyed yourself. Well, I do appreciate it. Hey, I, I love talking to fans because I'm a fan myself, so I was just going to say any any fans out there that just want to get the inside scoop and all of that, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, and find me, send me DMs. I, I love interacting with all the, the BB uh, community. I, I have a blast with it. Yeah, what, so what, what's your Instagram? Where can everybody find you? Uh, uh, they're both really just look for Cliff Hogg, uh, Cliff underscore Hogg for Twitter, Cliff dot Hogg for, for Instagram. And uh, I'm verified on Instagram. So you'll see me. You'll, you'll see the cowboy hat and the profile pics and also find me and uh, be happy to, to talk a little bit more about it. Of course. And we'll have you tagged on everything when this episode comes out. So Cliff, thank you very much. Um, everybody, this has been another episode of Starving Artists, and we will catch you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it so much. Thank you, man.